All right. Hello. Welcome back. This is Colin Keeley here. And I'm Brent Sanders. And I was thinking we probably need some kind of like tagline to kick this off. So it's like, uh, and we're the founders of Avocado, which is an audio publishing platform. Right. I think of some catchier for next time, but something like that. That's a really important piece of context that we've been missing. That's, I'm glad you mentioned that. We'll come up with something. Uh, what did you say in the last pod- podcast? Having a full spectrum audio experience? Something as good as that. Oh, prismatic. Prismatic. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I even butchered that. Yeah. Prismatic uh, audio experience. Yeah. That's, uh, we'll come up with a tagline. But yeah, the context here, obviously, um, is that we are co founders at, at Avocado. Um, and we are, I don't know what week we're into, but of the podcast, this is the fourth week we've done this. Yes. Yeah. Fourth week. Yeah. So fourth week of keeping track of things through the podcast, having our um, sort of uh, stand up like what we did last week, what we're doing the next week, as well as picking a topic and diving into that. Cause we have a lot of things that we're working out. It's a very fluid business. Um, I guess some background, if you're just hopping into the podcast midstream, you're not going to go back to the, the prior three episodes is, um, you know, we started this business, uh, earlier in the year and started as a marketplace have since transitioned. Um, you know, I, I should even back up further than that started in, in as a marketplace for audio courses. And now we have transitioned it as sort of a Shopify for audio courses. And now this week, which I think we should talk about a little bit is some of the things that I've been changing in the product is removing the word course. Cause there's, there's audio content, there's audio I don't know, we were using the word tracks. We're trying to open the platform up. So it's really anybody that's trying to sell a listening experience. It might, may not be specifically uh, a course, which has been, I think, a, a, it's always fun to see how your product gets used in different ways and other ways that people can kind of find utility in something you've built. So I'm, I'm probably the most jazzed about that in the last week of, hey, there might be people doing things other than just teaching with audio. Yeah, I, I think we're both huge believers in like the audio course potential, but there it's a bit of like, hey, you have a video course, you should actually record an audio course. So it's like creating demand instead of just like walking where the demand already is. Mm-hmm. So I kind of stumbled in, I didn't know what to call them initially, but like the broader audio product ecosystem. So initially I was calling them audios, which is a real term that seemed to f- <laughs> fall out of use in like after CDs and like tapes were invented and then you just call them tapes or CDs or things like that. Right. So right. I think we're going to use audio products generally. And that's like audio books, audio stories, audio vignettes was something that people are using, Ooh, which I'd I like never that. heard before. And then, so it, looking like where those are really popular, we have a few different categories. So in courses, it's like wellness and business right now. And then for like audio books generally, I was looking on like Audible and like self-publishing and like way back when for like the great courses, what was popular. Mm. And these passionate communities are like around religion, romance or fan fiction. I think, yeah, education, like kids' education could be really big as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone who's struggling, we probably talked about a little bit on our conversation with Jackie last week. Um, You know, getting away from the screen, especially uh, as we are entering the newest phase of COVID where you know, we don't know what's going to happen with school and that's a big one, but a lot of people are distance learning. A lot of people are obviously working remotely if they can. Um, but looking at the, the screen time and just thinking about that more and hearing more stories of how it's affecting people's mental health, it does seem like audio 
could be a good solution. Although, you know, I, I hate to say it, I think we're maybe a little late to the party in the sense that, you know, if you're already mid-flight in school, teachers are already stretched to to try to pivot, you know, midstream or at this stage, it may be difficult to see it getting adopted, but we're still, nonetheless, it still seems like a, a good application for, for audios or audio products, as you put it. Yeah, I think the most interesting one, I guess, in the near term to me is kind of around audiobooks. So you could self-publish your audiobooks on Audible, but you can't set the price. They kind of determine what your price could be. There's like no interaction with your customers and you have like minimal info on them. And then mm-hmm. they take a 75% of the money you make Ooh. in exchange for the distribution. So people wow. hate it. Like people are pissed about it. There isn't really a good way to self-publish your audiobooks and just audio products generally. So I think that is like a, an easy demand spot for us to play. Yeah. Speaking of Audible, um, I'm a, you know, I was a big, big user, big listener for a very, very long time, you know, and I ran into that situation where I just had a, a glut of credits, so I canceled and used up the remainder of my credits. But it's one of those app experiences where you can't transact, obviously, because they don't want Apple taking 30%. And knowing that they take 75% angers me, <laughs> knowing that they're taking the lion's share of profit and, you know, it opens this question about one thing we wanted to, to chat about on this podcast, which was distribution, right? It's like, you know, they, they own the means to a degree. I mean, so this is an Amazon company and I, I don't remember when they, they got acquired, but I think it was a couple of years back that Audible turned into, am I right in saying that it's not, it hasn't always been an Amazon company. I believe I thought I had an, an Audible subscription then it turned into a basically merged with my Amazon account, but I could be mistaken in that. Yeah, they, they bought it, uh, I don't know, maybe like five years ago for right. I say like 200 million. And it's roughly a billion dollar industry now, audiobooks. And it's mm. almost all audible. Like they're building an empire there and we're kind of arming the rebels in this approach. Yeah, so in thinking about distribution, like, you know, we check the boxes on a couple of things. We most recently, you know, before we were, um, First version, we were in the iOS or iTunes app store. We had an iOS app. We then branched out and got on the Google Play store. So we're on mobile devices um, and then rolled out the, the web app. So we're on like the, the big kind of obvious solutions for us or obvious places for us to be, you know, people being able to get access to our content and, you know, our audio content. But um yeah, I'm curious how you think about distribution on a, a broader scale because that's like, you know, that's where the rubber heats, re, meets the road. We want people to be away from their screens. We have to use technology. This is a technology product, but we're trying to kind of optimize for away from the screen and being able to just kind of go for a walk and, you know, learn or enjoy or whatever you want to do with your audios. Yes, yeah, so we could go through kind of the different tactics. And I know... I've talked to VCs that have portfolio companies that are like much larger course companies now, and I know what their most successful tactics are. So we'll move to that in time, but like the, so I guess the different categories are outbound sales, SEO, and referrals, and then ads as well, but to a lesser extent. And so we are starting with outbound sales and we developed a pretty good process for this at Finance Fuel and Paro. I actually wrote like a, a beautiful long blog post on it. And I was going to post it on my site. And then I just realized this is going to be like customer service hell. I'm going to get questions to the end of time. on this. <laughs> I'm just not going to make it public ever. But 
the general approach is to pick a category. Like um, the one I've been working on is romance. It's like a massive category in self-published books and audiobooks as well. So I have someone, our coworker in the Philippines, that goes through a big list of like erotica or romance creators, and she'll go find all the emails. And we'll put that into our like CRM, and then we'll send out drip campaigns to them. And so that has been pretty successful. I have a few creators that are kind of keyed up from that. And then we have a lot more emails to send out next week from that as well. And that's and they great seem to kick off, sorry to interrupt, but they, they seem yeah. to kick off for me, like I'm really excited that they kick off some good conversations, right? So we're getting um, product feedback. We're getting, can it do this? Can you guys make it do that? You know, all the little things that, you know, when you put something out there, you're understanding, is this fitting the market? Is this something that people can just transact with, which it seems like majority of people, you know, they may have questions and, and would like, you know, feature requests, but you know, the majority of people that do respond and, and have some interest. Um, I mean, one part of it is, okay, I'm going to get started on my audio course. And the other part of it is, um, can you convert from video or, you know, how do I get started? So it, it does seem like that first channel has been working. I mean, this has been the playbook to date, right? I mean, this is how we're acquiring our, our initial customers. Yeah. And we have, I just looked through it. Hey, we could be public with numbers, I guess. We have like 140 creators, but a lot of them are just like, this is another one of their channels. So I really want someone to build like their nice audio business and be like really invested in our platform. So I don't think we have those people quite yet where they built their like full-time business on Avocado, but that would be the goal out of this is like get some really invested people that are giving us great product feedback. And we have a few people giving us really good product feedback, but it's a process. Yeah. I mean, I, there are some people that uh, I'm trying to think through. We, we have sort of what I always call like audio first or first class instructors and, and, and I use instructor. I just really use creator, right? Is they went ahead and re-recorded their video to audio and didn't just, so I think I mentioned this on, I think our first podcast we, we built in order to get customers early, we just built an easy way to convert uh, from video to audio. And that would get people on our platform. We were able to build up our marketplace. We got one side really stacked up and that was great. But you know, that, that I think was part of the problem is like uh, the quality, you know, if you listen to some of those courses, they were just using different terms. Like if you look here, if you see this in this diagram, it's like, this is not a great experience. This is not. And then when, once you actually hear the audio first kind of, you're like, yes, this, this is what we're after. This is, uh, and it, it is, we have to kind of pick through a lot of other stuff in order to get that. And, and I, I think our creators that have seen the value in, of that um, sort of audio first mentality, is just so much of a better product, much, much better product. Yeah. And then like putting on my VC hat, the goal is to get a little flywheel going in one of these passionate communities. And I think we're both like kind of indifferent, which one, you know, starts getting adoption first but we're just going to go through like uh, category by category. So like religion, romance, education, and see where we could get it going. I'd say we're, we're equally excited about all of them. That's how I feel. It's like, <laughs> yeah. we're not indifferent. I mean, cause I think that we, we probably, I mean, obviously we want people to use the product. We want people to use our, you know, transact with us. That being said, all of those, uh, all of those different segments kind of, include exciting different features exciting you know they're all i'm excited about each of those um and yeah i'm hoping that we can dig into one and become that 
you know, platform of choice that helps sort of champion whatever the, the mission is there. I mean, obviously education's a, a big one, but it's also because of that, it's super broad, right? We have people doing uh, leadership, business, you know, actual like writing skills. I mean, the content that we currently have in our catalog is, is pretty broad. I mean, we, we had, as I mentioned, you know, Jackie on last week doing um, her own thing in, in, in the health and wellness space. And so it's like, we probably would benefit from going into like a very specific segment and really becoming the platform for that. But it, it's hard when you get, you get on a phone call with people that are excited about their business and they're doing, uh, they're thinking of either using your product or they started using your product and uh, it's working and it's like, oh man, we can, how many things we could build for this to, so obviously I'm excited about building stuff, but uh, it's, it's just really promising. And I think we could choose any of them. It's just a matter of who's going to be willing to, to take the leap and something, you know, a name that's not as recognizable as, um, you know, some of the incumbents. And then as far as other distribution channels, like I know for most of these SaaS offerings, referrals become their biggest channel by far. So we just got referrals live this week, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was late. Yeah, it was this week or late last. I think it was late last week. It was super easy. Shout out to, was it Rewardful? Was that the? Yes, yeah. Yeah, so that, you know, they tout it as a uh, 15 minute integration, which it wasn't quite that, but it was, close, right? If you're using Stripe checkout, it is dead simple. We are using Stripe, but we aren't using Stripe checkout. Um, they just add a little piece of metadata to your transaction and you have a reward, you have a uh, referral program, which is huge. And, and what's the break? 30% for the lifetime of the referral. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. It's, I mean, you can make a lot of money if you start yeah. doing this for us or for other, you know, SaaS offerings, because there's just so much you know, margin there to play with. And yeah. instead of throwing it at Facebook ads or whatever, you could pay it to your customers. Yeah. I, you know, referrals, I would say um, they make sense on paper. I haven't seen a lot of success with it just from, I've seen sort of it, the startups I've worked with, you know, from that are starting from zero. Um, not to say uh, they do work. I do know that. And obviously in cases where you have real money that can be made in, in our case, where it's, if you're walking away with 30% of, you know, each month, um, that can add up pretty quickly, especially if you're selling through to like our, our higher end tiers. Like that's, that's really solid. Um, but yeah, I, I really haven't seen it. I think because the rewards haven't been there, right. It's like, okay, I can make, you know, what was it back in the day, affiliate marketing and, you know, basically writing blog posts and linking to Amazon products and trying to make money that way. That used to be kind of a thing, but I guess this is different and I don't want to discourage anybody from, sending us referrals, but I would say our referral program is much richer than any other company that I've ever worked with. So I have a funny, I ever tell you my broken bone affiliate story? <laughs> yes. Yes. This is, this is brilliant. Yeah. On medium, right? It literally yeah, is the, you, you pointed this out. It's like one of the top ranked things when you look for, sorry, what was, which bone did you break? Uh, it's called the Jones fracture. It's what Kevin Durant did. So I got tackled on a fast break. I rolled over instead of my ankle, my foot. So I broke my foot Oof. and I wrote, you know, 10 tips. It's only like 500 words, 10 tips to heal a broken bone faster. And Google decided I am like the expert on broken bones now. So I make, I'm like slinging knee scooters. I probably sell <laughs> like five plus knee scooters a week. So I make oh $500 on like Amazon affiliate fees a month. And wow. it's just for this like crappy uh, article I wrote, but people apparently get value out of it. 
Yeah. I mean, obviously you're cutting through all the noise, right? And um, yeah, that that's super interesting. I love that story though, because it's, you know, it's it's the internet at its best. You're actually providing value and then you figured out a way to, to monetize it. And people don't know that you, I would say most of your, your clicks, people aren't like, oh, this guy's going to make a nice little spiff on this. They, they have no idea. Yeah. And a knee scooter is, if anyone has a broken bone listening, highly recommend it. The more, less weight bearing you have, the faster you heal. So it's like a mm. no brainer purchase to get moving again. Um, so that, and then SEO, SEO is our last distribution channel I've written here. So this started because audio courses are so new. I was just explaining them to people all the time. And so I was just trying to like write down all my most common answers and hand them out to people. And yeah, this takes time, but I think it's worth the investment. I, our competitors aren't doing it that, that well. And I know from a lot of other big course companies, like SEO is where it's at going forward. Agreed. Agreed. And, you know, the things that I've seen around this is usually a the impatient factor of like, hey, we're an early stage company. We got to go and, and to stop and spend in month one. And by the way, the company usually changes in month one. But if you were to make that investment early on, by the time you're at that six or eight months, when you start to see some of the results, uh, you're going to wish you did it. And it, it's always just one of those things like, uh, you know, now that I look back on, on our first month, had we written a bunch of uh, content, it probably still, even the model has significantly changed. We're still going after the same thing. We're still writing about audio courses, audio content, being away from a screen. But then again, I don't know that that's what people are necessarily searching for, right? That's not what they, how do I get away? How do I learn without a screen? You know, it's like, that's not going to be ranked. But to your point, um, you know, if you can make that investment earlier, the better. And I think it is worthwhile for us to do it. And I, I do think we, I guess this is more of a question for you. It's like, uh, and for our listeners, we've we used Webflow for our, our website and we've integrated it with our product. So our entire catalog is, you know, synced up through the Webflow CMS. So all of our instructors have profiles on our website. All of our courses are listed on our website. Do we think that that is going to be useful or, or is it like, I mean, obviously if somebody wanted to take a course from one of our instructors, we want to rank, but like when you think of a distribution channel and SEO is one of them, is, is that what you have in mind? Or is it more so like the, like your successful, like listicle 10 things you need to know about, you know, broken bone. I meant it more so that like, if anyone Googles anything like sell audiobooks, sell audio courses, we should be the mm. number one hit both. Cause yeah. I mean, Google will eventually figure out like we are the solution for that, but if we just produce all the content, we'll have the best answers around it as well. And right. so shout out to Taylor, our intern, who's like yeah. out probably two articles a week on this and it's going to add up. I think it's going to be super valuable going forward. It hasn't been yet, but it's always like that tipping point with SEO. Once you get enough juice, you start getting listed higher. Yeah, definitely. Um, besides that, we, we didn't really talk about ads, like Facebook ads. It seems to be talking with other SaaS founders. It's like not their biggest distribution channel. It's far more common with consumer stuff. And obviously with an early stage company it also costs a lot of money. So we're not like trying to spend a bunch of money right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say we did have a lot of luck early on with, uh, what was it, ASO? What was that short for? Is that app store optimization? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that was pretty productive, especially when we're going from literally zero. Uh, we didn't have anybody, you know, you're, 
feel like you ran that whole program. I didn't really even know it. I knew it existed and I knew that people pay for, for ads, I knew we, but it was very affordable and it was a good way to, for us, I think, to get our first, very, very first users in, in almost a replacement for a, a cohort of beta testers. It was like, uh, otherwise, you know, nobody really knows if you build it, they don't come kind of thing. Nobody really knows it exists. Yeah, I have some friends that run like fairly big consumer apps and ASO is everything for getting these eyeballs on these apps. And so we have some, there's a lot of like grayish tactics that are very effective for like juicing mm. your, where you show up in the rankings and what words you're showing up for. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. I mean, I think as we continue, I, I don't, I would like to stay away from paid. I mean, I've had a lot of tepid experiences with paid ads and this isn't with other businesses less so with avocado but you know usually that's our first step in when we're thinking about starting a new business it's like hey let's let's run some ads and see what acquisition costs are like and i just feel like that might i'm of the mindset now that it never really looks good and it never really it's never like oh my god we found this segment um that you know if we with this landing page we're able to convert and get these emails for this price and therefore this must be a killer you know acquisition channel and it's like that I feel like the last time I saw it was like four years ago. And ever since then, it's been, you realize it's actually quite expensive. And especially, I, I think this is partial, you know, cause I'm coming from the context of, of Facebook ads. And I do feel like there is something to a new Facebook entity. I feel like I've heard this maybe from you, Colin, of like, if you're a brand new, you start a new company on, on Facebook and set up your accounts all brand new, you're not really going to get favorable results. It's like they're almost skeptical until you spend a certain amount of money. Again, I could be making that up, but it's certainly what it seems like. And I, I just, uh, we don't have the money to do it, but even if we did, I don't know that it would be the, that wouldn't be the first thing on the top of the, my desk. I'd say, Let, let's start putting a paid plan together. Yeah. So my background, I run large Google and Facebook ad campaigns in the past, and I've seen how you know, effective they could be, how scalable they are. I, so I'm definitely higher on it than you. I think there's a lot of value in testing messaging and like figuring mm. out what benefits resonate with customers and which customer segments they resonate with. But for us, we, we really don't have the money to you know, spend 10,000 just learning on it or 100,000 just <laughs> right. learning. Right. So it's a, a costlier way. It's a faster way to learn if you have the money to do so, but it's just maybe not the best option for us right now. Yeah. I mean, that being said, I do feel like retargeting is killer, you know, especially on the Facebook network. I mean, especially if you're doing direct consumer marketing or you're trying to sell something like a candle, um, you know, that that's pretty, pretty killer to know somebody came to your site and then you're, you kind of are going to stay relevant with them for a period of time that that does work. But still, as you mentioned, it, it's, uh, it's, an, it's an expensive way to kind of answer those questions, but it is fast. So you're right. I mean, it, if we were, if we had a, a much bigger war chest, it probably would be on the top of our desk. Look at me switching my position that quickly. This is why I don't tweak on this. Is what I tell you, I, I always see the other side and things. I just, you just have to declare down. retargeting is the best use of money ever. And that's how yeah. you the Twitter engagement. That's how you trend. That's how you trend. Yeah. And people love it. They hate it, but no matter what they engage. Yeah. You get, you get quote tweeted and somebody's like, this guy has no idea what he's talking about, but you know, that's, that's Twitter. Yeah. So come for the distribution <laughs> tips, stay for the Twitter tips. <laughs> oh God. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, like what's, as far as what's going on this week and next, I mean, this last week been, I feel like we had a, a bunch of really good conversations with creators, people that, um, you know, are, are less so individual creators, but more so almost producers, um, people that might be able to, to bring a, a cohort of people together and onto the platform and, and understanding, uh, what their concerns are, what features they want. I mean, made a couple of improvements. Um, again, shout out to the Tailwind UI kit that we've been using on the, the web app, but um, improving some responsive stuff. And this next week, rolling out uh, a feedback system. So if you've taken a course, uh, expect if, you know, if the creator would like to opt into it, but it, it, I think we're going to do it by default. If a creator wants feedback on their, their course, if once you've listened to the full course, a short time after that, you'll get an email prompting you to provide that feedback and try to open up a channel um, between the creator and the listener. And I would say that as I'm saying this is, we do have discussions in the product. It's just, that was kind of something that went in the first version and I don't think has really been embraced. And it's something I think we need to sunset. And I feel like this will be a more appropriate replacement for direct in-app conversation. Number one, I feel like that whole in-app conversation, like, that's not a screen-free experience, but like, getting an email later and like after you've had a moment to digest the course, giving some feedback that'd be helpful to the creator, I think is good use of time, good use of, uh, you know, I think it'll be a nice feature to, to have on next week. Yeah. I think that'd be killer. It's a bit of a question of, is that public? So if people are getting bad reviews, is it automatically on their site or we're more like we're on the creator side, it's up to them. Do they, they want to showcase it or not showcase it? It's yeah. In my, my mindset is this is all going to be private to start. I mean, it's just reviews it just makes me think of Yelp. And I feel like the Yelp system is kind of thuggish in the sense that, you know, they want you to sort of, you know, we're going to have verified creators that only get so many, you know, bad reviews. I, reviews have kind of ruined the internet in a certain way. I mean, if you're a South Park fan, definitely check out the Yelp episode, become a Yelper. But um, it, it's something that, I think is important for creators to get direct feedback. And I don't know, there's an element of authenticity that I think in all of the things that we do, we want to maintain. And part of that is just having I think a little bit of a, a class and just letting them, you know, fix an issue. And if there's a problem, you know, if somebody's going to report, Hey, this, this course is awful. It was, wasn't worth the time. wasn't worth the money. Uh, creator, it's on the creator to, to make that right. I don't, I don't really think that the platform should, um, I mean, it's almost something it'd be nice if you want to opt into it and you want to let people know about the great experiences. But if you look at like what Shopify does, it's like, you know, they, they don't really touch it. They have plugins that you can use to kind of garner reviews. And I've worked with a, a ton of e-commerce brands that, you know, we all know what happens. They just cherry pick the best ones and that's what's on the site. And so I'm, I, I have a lot of thoughts on reviews, but one of them is that I don't really feel like they're super uh, authentic. I feel like, you know, you still take them with a grain of salt. Yeah, that's spot on. I think it's up to the creator. Like if they want to showcase it, cool, that's great. And if they don't, it's up to them. Um, right on. Cool. Well, I think that's that's it. Anything else you have? Yeah. Uh, no, no. Other than, uh, you know, I moved this week. I forgot to mention that. I, I have now moved from Chicago to Cleveland. So I am now an Ohio person. I'm actually looking at Lake Geary right now. But uh, yeah, I'm... I think logistically, the only thing, the reason I bring it up is it's kind of doesn't seem, I don't know, we've been running this business, I feel like 90% during COVID 
right? It's like things really got started around, I mean, like January, we, the app was out or so, or February, we, we got the app submitted. But like, it's so funny. I've literally moved cities, but I think between you and I, I mean, we would see each other so sparingly because everything was during COVID and it was just kind of weird. I mean, it's just, I don't feel like anything's changed. Yeah, it doesn't really matter a whole lot at all. Uh, yeah. I, I, I was doing those podcast tours and like going and people were asking how it's different. And even pre-COVID, like I was only going to the office half the time. You were probably going even less. So it didn't yeah. really matter a whole lot. Um, just as yeah. it is. Yeah, I just invested in a standing desk and didn't look back. Oh man, I just got legs on my standing desk to make it taller. Uh, it gets crazy tall now. It's got a clear like six feet on the highest side. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, I think that does it. Uh, thanks for listening. And, uh, you know, feel free to reach out in all the various channels. Uh, we'd love feedback. If you guys use an avocado, we'd love feedback even more. Yeah, sounds great. Till next week. Bye-bye.